May I invite you all to stand and join in the call to worship. Out of the darkness of grief and despair comes a message of hope. Christ is risen. Christ, Christ is, is risen, risen indeed. indeed. We run to the tomb to see for ourselves. And it is true, Christ is risen. Christ, Christ is, is risen, risen indeed. We hear a voice call our name. And we know our risen Lord is with us now and always. Christ, Christ is, is risen. risen. Christ, Christ is, is risen, risen indeed. indeed. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. Come, let us worship the risen Christ.
standing as we pray together. We thank you, gracious God, that Easter is not about a people, but all people. That your love and your salvation are for all who confess with voices, hearts and lives that the tomb is empty because Jesus is risen, that we might know forgiveness, that lives might be reborn and your name glorified now and for eternity. Blessed, Blessed be, be God, God forever. forever. Risen Christ, as Mary Magdalene met you in the garden on the morning of your resurrection, so may we meet you today and every day. Speak to us as you spoke to her. Reveal yourself as the living Lord. Renew our hope and kindle our joy and set us Send us to share the good news with others. Amen. Amen. God of life and love, your love story of all of humanity is the greatest story ever told. We pray for all who bring your word of life as a light to those in darkness, for those who bring your word of peace to those enslaved by fear, for those who bring your word of love to those in need of comfort, Lord of love and Lord of peace. Lord of resurrection life, be known through our lives and through your power. Christ the Lord is risen today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. May this declaration resound not only in these walls, but touch the lives of all we meet and forever be the truth of which we speak. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Will you be seated? And now I'd like to invite Lexi to come and to share her testimony. Lexi is one of those who will be getting baptized today. Come, Lexi. Um, hi, everyone. Okay, going <laughs> to be sharing my story. So, the story of my spiritual journey so far sounds like this. A time when patience is limitless and a time when impatience becomes second nature. A time when engaging with others is a joy and a time when engaging becomes weary. A time when devotion is sacred and a time when devotion becomes burdensome. A time when praises of God are sung and a time when silence becomes effortless. A time when loving others is easy and a time when disengaging becomes the easier way out. As God said, there will be a time for every season. Our spiritual walk will have good days and bad days, passionate seasons and dry seasons. 
highlands and valleys. In this present moment, it feels like a low point. I am tired and listless each day, stuck in a continuous and monotonous cycle, wondering how to break out of it and not having the energy to. Am I far away from God? Did I lose my way? Yet, in timely fashion, I came across a reflection shared by my Muslim friend before Ramadan. She shared that we all have highs and lows when it comes to faith, and we will often find ourselves saying, I feel so distant from God. Instead of wondering where God went, we should be asking ourselves, who moved? We will always find that God never moved, and it is us who moved. God is present in both the best moments of our life and in the worst moments. God is always there and always near. People tend to get baptized at their peak or when they feel the most ready. But for me, I chose to get baptized to renew and affirm my commitment as a promise to God that even when it is difficult to show up, I will do my best too. In our baptism class, Pastor Mayak asked us, what's next after baptism? I didn't give much, much thought to it then, but I do know now, drawing from Psalm 27 verse 4, there will be one thing I ask of the Lord and the thing I hope to seek the most, that is which to live in the house of the Lord for all the days and seasons of my life, delighting in God's perfections and meditating in God's presence with gratitude and faithfulness always.
So not sure whether I look a bit teary-eyed, but um, getting a bit emotional because I saw my family. Um, yeah, I feel really touched that they're here. So yeah, to so <laughs> prepare a tissue in case. Um, so today, why am I choosing to be baptized? Um, baptism is me saying yes to God's love. Um, for many years, I've struggled with feeling unworthy of love. From others in God, you know, I always felt I needed to be a certain way. I needed to do more, or I needed to be someone else to receive the love that I need. I, I've learned to let love in throughout the years because of the grace I've experienced um, from people who have taught me to love myself. And you know, God has always been—I know He's been with me. Um, these people include those in my cell group, the youth group, who have um, given me a safe space to be myself and grow to be more comfortable as an individual. Um, I don't feel judged about any questions and thoughts I may have about the Bible and God. And Alvin, my cell group, who is also my sponsor today, um, is like the spiritual big brother, straight ally that I always wanted. Um, going through baptism is my that definitive step of growing into my identity as God's beloved. I am proclaiming that indeed I am loved by God no matter what stage I am, no matter what I struggle with and no matter the mistakes I make. Um, and at the same time, because of God's love, I can just trust that um, as I learn what is love and practice love, I am made more and more like God's Son, Jesus Christ, day by day. So here I make my commitment to be love and be love for others. Wasn't that beautiful? This morning, we are actually getting to hear testimonies of God raising people to life and to love in many different ways. Lexi and Carissa are two of our siblings who are getting baptized today. Uh, we have two more. 
Uh, we don't have time for everybody to be sharing, but I hope that you will go find out more about their stories, bring them out for lunch, hear each other's testimonies of God's love and raising to life. Right? I want to invite you as we go into our sermonette today. Uh, it's a little bit shorter than our usual sermon. Uh, and you can go into menti.com and use the code uh, 2373-4895. Or you can um, use a QR code as well. Uh, this is our way, uh, for those of you who may not be familiar, this is our way of being able to interact uh, during the sermon time um, because uh, hearing your insights, your reflections, your experiences actually really help uh, to build this sermon to something that God uses to move uh, in the hearts of all of us. Right? So I want to invite you to get onto menu.com right? and go into 2073-4895. So baptism is a symbol of our new life with Christ, a proclamation of who we are and to whom we belong. As Carissa said very beautifully, baptism is me saying yes to God's love. I don't know about you, do you remember the first time you said yes to God's love? Yeah? Or maybe for some of us, maybe not yet. And that's okay. I remember the first time I said yes to God's love. And that was when I was 13. I wasn't born into a Christian family, but my parents sent me to a mission school. And it was there that I heard about God's love. And I, I wanted to know this love for myself. And so I decided to say yes to God's love. I wanted to experience this love. And I started studying the Bible keenly. And I remember one day I came across this passage in 1 Corinthians. And it's relevant for us today because the passage said, if Christ has not been raised, then all our preaching is useless and your faith is useless. If Christ had not been raised, your faith is futile and you're still in your sins. Then those also who have died in Christ have perished. If for this life only we have hoped in Christ, we have of all people most to be pitied. And I realized the truth of this statement. If Christ had not been raised, then my faith is in vain. If Christ has not been raised, then our faith is futile. You see, if there was no resurrection, Jesus would have simply been a good moral teacher. How do we know if Christ had been raised or not? Is there even historical evidence? And at the time, I thought this seemed like a really key issue for Christians, no? And I was only 14 then, but this question kind of really bothered me. And I started doing research and I read different books. And one of the books I read was Evidence That Demands a Verdict. And it's a classic book on apologetics. It's written by Josh McDowell, who himself started out as a skeptic. And through his research and, and through his work, he decided, he realized that, okay, maybe I'm wrong, right? So through my own research and reading, I became more convinced that tr Christ truly had been raised, and that deepened my faith as a Christian. You see, Christ's resurrection is the heart of our faith and the foundation of our hope. Without the empty tomb, 
without Jesus' historic return to life 2,000 years ago, it would be impossible to reconcile God's love and justice with the horrors that we see in the world around us. Death, evil, injustice, the brokenness of humanity. We need the promise of resurrection. We need to know that death doesn't have the last word, that love is stronger than death. As the famous hymn goes, because Jesus lives, we can face tomorrow. I think it's easier for us today to study the resurrection on hindsight and figure out what we believe and how we'll respond. But I can imagine for Jesus' disciples at that time, it must have been so difficult to wrap their minds around Jesus dying on the cross and then being raised to life on the third day. Can you imagine if you were in their shoes? How can that even be humanly possible? So I wanted to ask you, from what you remember, okay, from what you've read in the Gospels, what you've heard, what were the different reactions and responses to Jesus' res- resurrection? Today our response is, Hallelujah! Christ is risen indeed! No hesitation, right? But that wasn't exactly the kind of response that uh, Jesus' resurrection had at his time. Right? So what, what kind of responses and reactions did he, that, that resurrection get? Okay. Yes, this belief, big one, right? <laughs> How can it be? Fear, definitely another one. Shock, mm-hmm. doubt, definitely lots of skepticism, skepticism, conspiracy theories. <laughs> yes, even today, uh, unbelief, scammer, <laughs> jubilation. Yes, maybe after a while. Yeah. So this belief, right, is a huge one. It came up again and again among different disciples, different followers, right? Definitely lots of fear, denial. Over time, there was hope, yes. Gratitude, perhaps. Confusion, yes, that was a huge one too. Like, what in the world is happening? (laughs) Yes, I know some of you are too young to remember. (laughs) Yeah. So, those were the kind of different reactions, right, and responses at that time when the resurrection first happened at our first Easter. John's Gospel describes how on the third day after his crucifixion, Jesus' friends were running here and there in confusion. The women had come to the tomb early that Sunday morning. They found that the stone had been rolled away. And Luke tells us that the women then ran back and told the other disciples, The stone is rolled away. We don't know what's happening. But of course, they didn't believe them, right? Firstly, they're women. At that time, women's testimonies, not believable. Secondly, it really felt like they were talking nonsense, right? I mean, what do you mean? But Simon Peter and John, they decided they needed to verify what's happening. So they raised each other to the tomb, right? Both trying to outrun each other. And then they found the tomb empty. And only the linen wrappings laid there. So those are the women, you know, who first came with their testimonies. In John's account, we see the different people having profoundly personal encounters with Christ in different ways. Each of their encounters is different and unique. 
when Jesus, uh, when Peter sees the empty tomb, what does he do? He runs away, right? Peter rushes in the tomb, very fast to rush in, very fast to rush out as well, right? He can't bear to stay in a place that reminds him of pain and his own betrayal of Jesus, remember? He runs away instead. And sometimes we are runners like Peter. We are impulsive and impatient. We want to see results immediately. We act first, reflect later. And sometimes when the situation is too painful or we're filled with shame, we go numb. So if you're a runner like Peter, if you go numb sometimes, if you often act first, then reflect later. The Easter story is for you. Like Jesus did for Peter, he will always be waiting for you to come back. And then we have John, who is called the beloved disciple. And we are told that when he sees an empty tomb, he believes but without understanding. He enters the tomb after Peter sees Jesus' linen wrappings lying around. He believes without understanding fully what all of this means. We are not sure exactly what he believes, but we are only told that he sees and believes. Perhaps there are times we are like John. There's a gap between our faith and our understanding. We trust God as best as we can, even though we don't fully understand what's going on. We believe in a resurrection, but we don't understand why death still impacts us so. We believe the kingdom of God has come, but we don't understand why there's still so much evil and injustice in our world today. We believe but we do not fully understand. But that's okay. It's necessary sometimes to hold this liminal space of believing, but not fully understanding. And then there's Mary Magdalene, who is called the Apostle of the Apostles. When she sees the empty tomb, she doesn't run away. She chooses to stay in the darkness even though she herself is confused and bewildered at what's going on. She weeps, she cries, and then she waits. Her story shows us that sitting with our sorrow, our confusion, can sometimes lead to revelation. The resurrected Jesus appears to her, even though she doesn't recognize him at first, remember? He doesn't look the same way that he used to, and so that's why she didn't recognize him. And he doesn't let her cling to her old ideas of him. But Jesus calls her name. And in that moment, she immediately recognizes, it's Jesus, my Rabboni. Perhaps there are times we are like Mary. We choose to sit with our sorrow, our confusion, even though it's difficult, in the midst of the darkness, we hear Jesus calling our name and we are reminded of our identity and to whom we belong. Peter, John and Mary all experience Easter in their own unique way. 
and Jesus meets them where they are. In the same way Jesus meets us where we are, whether we have the tendency to run away, to sit with our pain, or to believe without understanding, Jesus is ready to show us the power of resurrection, the power of rising to new life, no matter what challenges we may find ourselves facing. Different ones had different responses. Peter ran away. John believed without understanding fully. And Mary waited until she heard Jesus calling her name. So I was just curious, what is your response to Jesus' resurrection today? For some of us, we have gone through Easter services year after year. And perhaps it's a special time in the year for you. But today, as you remember again, Jesus rising to life, Jesus revealing what it means to be loved, for us to know love. What is your response to Jesus' resurrection today? Grateful? Beloved, thankful, unconditional love, still doubtful, yeah. Joy, hope, faith, affirmed, it's beautiful. Born again. I see gratitude is one of the biggest ones, right? We're grateful. And that is our privilege as those who have hindsight, who can look at history and look at story and to see the joy and the, the, what the power of the resurrection really does for all of us. Unconditional thanks, a sense of relief, yes. Amazing grace, lasting liberty. That's beautiful, some of the things that you are putting up there. Life anew, loved. And yes, there are elements of doubts at times, and that's okay. Today we have new members joining our community, and I wanted to share some of their stories with you. Through their lives and their stories, and I got a chance to hear them, I was very grateful to be able to witness the budding of new life. And I wanted to see how God is moving in our midst, amongst us, as you listen to their stories. There are quite a number of members who are joining us today. I can't share all of their stories, but I really want to encourage you to get to know all of them and hear their stories and share your stories with them. Okay? I'm going to share four stories today, very short ones, brief ones. Um, the first is Joanne's sharing. And Joanne, and so I asked all the members, right, the new members, why do you decide to become a member of FCC? And this is what Joanne says. I decided to be a member of FCC as I felt comfortable here, and I believe in committing myself to a church family. I read this in Rick Warren's book, The Purpose Driven Life, years back, and it resonated deeply in me the importance of having a church family to grow with as this is one key purpose God has in store for our lives. God wants a family and created us to be a part of it. The Bible says God's unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into God's own family by bringing us to God's self through Jesus Christ. And this gave God great pleasure. And then we have Robin who shared as well. 
She said, I have been attending FCC for a year plus now. Though meetings were mainly online with the cell group, I felt amazingly safe and comfortable. I have been blessed by the insightful sermons that facilitated me to contemplate more. Pastor Pauline also went the extra mile to support me during a very low period last year. I do somewhat feel at home here and would like to commit myself to being a member of FCC to grow this sense of belonging that I experience. And then we have Chua's sharing. So many of you know Chua. Chua is in our uh, welcome ministry. You might, might, might have, she might have welcomed you at the door. And she had decided this year that she was going to be a member. And she said, I think for many people, they'll be surprised to know that I'm not a member yet. Uh, especially when I'm involved in quite a few ministries with the church. So some reasons for not wanting to be a member before. I had attended a Methodist church for many years near my house, but was never inclined to join membership. So when I came to FCC, it just became the norm. I also noticed that there were some people who seemed very involved, but left FCC because of differences. So I wondered if I would be able to sink my roots here. Two, fear of commitment. I guess I have commitment phobia. Because to me, once I commit to something, I want to see it to the end. I cannot give excuses and say I don't like it or I want to leave. Just like my job as a financial consultant, it took me some time before I took up that job because of my fear of commitment. As a non-member, if at any time I dislike something, I can always tell myself I can leave. But being a member, I can't. Three, fear of FCC theology. I attended a Methodist church and I joined a Bible study fellowship that has kind of more traditional, traditionalist teachings, although they're getting better over the years. So for many years, so listening to the theology of FCC scared me. And that stopped me from wanting to become a member, as I believe, and she quoted this Chinese um, ancient idiom, it's hard to make plans together when we do not share the same path of philosophy. But hearing Pastor Pauline, who came from the same background as me, explain to me how she struggled with and made sense of the same issues I faced made it easier. I must be willing to explore what I don't know and not assume things to be as they are, especially if I consider myself a thinking Christian. So some reasons for joining. One, FCC is the only church that affirms the LGBTQIA community. Yay! Well, we hope for more, right? Two, as a welcome team member, I cannot continue to kid myself that I can welcome people, but I still don't want to be a member. Right? Welcome home! <laughs> Three, as a person involved in the Lunch Khakis Initiative, and you'll hear more of this in time to come, okay? This got stalled during the COVID. Um, so we're expecting it to resume soon now that dining in numbers have been increased. So, Charles said, I realize I can't possibly tell others how good FCC is when I do not even want to join FCC as a member. So that would be hypocritical of me. Four, I joined a cell group, Ficus, Carica. Um, five, when I saw people who were quite involved with church leave because of differences, I was not keen to join as a member. But I came to realize that wherever there are people, there will be problems because none of us are perfect like God. So the recent sermon series on working with people who are different from us really helps. And understanding that we don't leave when things get difficult, especially when it might seem easier too. 
6. Finally, I want to be able to truly welcome people with the words, welcome home, when I call FCC my home church. She actually has uh, more, okay? <laughs> so I asked her for permission to condense it a little bit because I want you to have an opportunity to go have lunch with her, whether at lunch, khakis, or at other points, and all our other members as well, and get to know her story and share your story with her, okay? And lastly, I want to share Sharon's story. So Sharon said, it was a friend who shared her belief in divine serendipity, the coming together of events and things by God's hands. And by God's grace, it happened to me. But it's a serendipity so quiet, so much in the background of the hustle and bustle of daily life, happening over a span of many years, that it could be easily overlooked in our human minds. Or that in its telling, people may think I'm being melodramatic or being an evangelist. I left my previous church 20 years ago, and I have popped in and out of FCC events for about 10 years. In those years, I had my own personal journey, and FCC had its own. By serendipity, God placed people and events in my life to gently coax my way back to God, changing my heart and my mind. When I got back to God, I started searching and asking God for a church and cell group. Meanwhile, FCC in its own journey had grown in its pastoral and governance structures, in its outreach programs and ministries. And over time, more and more aspects of FCC resonated with me. So here I am, staying and wanting to be a part of it. Like me, FCC is not perfect, and we may not know the absolute definitive truth or the way ahead. But that's all right, because our journey is in God's hands. Amen. So for our, some of our siblings, this Easter marks a new beginning in their lives. Some are choosing to be baptized, and some are choosing to join FCC as, officially as members. What about you? How does this Easter remind you of new life? What's going on in your life right now? How is God reminding you of new life in your life right now? What does resurrection mean for you today? What does Christ rising look like in your own life? Because resurrection wasn't just something that happened 2,000 years ago. God's power to raise new life in us is going on over and over again in all of our lives. Resurrection means renewed life, that there is always hope, yes. To embrace adventure, God loves us, salvation for humankind, for us to be unafraid, walking back onto the path with Christ, optimism to trust life, hope for tomorrow, something new, trust that God accepts and provides for me to be reborn, that death is not final, letting go and pruning away some parts of me so I can grow and have new life, new sprouts, living a life that is after God's heart, loving accepting people in our real life, that there's always hope, though things may be impossible, a new life for me, unconditional love, that our faith is not in vain, to remember and to move forward, to not let my past define me and everything will work out the way it's supposed to, Absolutely, to be more like Jesus Christ. 
may we experience God's power raising us to new life, especially in the darkest seasons of our lives. May we hear the voice of Jesus calling us by name. And in those moments, may we recognize who we are and to whom we belong. Amen. And now we're going to have a time to baptize our new siblings. Uh, as I invite Miak uh, to come up and um, get ready, okay? So can I invite the candidates to come up, please, and the sponsors to stand beside them. Let's welcome them. We have confessed many understandings of baptism. Sacrament, symbol, sign. Some of us were baptised before we remember. Others only when we said, I believe. Whether immersed, poured upon or sprinkled, it is your action, gracious God, that defines our baptism. Having put off the old nature, we've been clothed with Christ. There is no longer Jew or Greek. There's no longer slave or free. There's no longer male and female, for we are all one in Christ Jesus. All things have passed away. Behold, God is making all things new. In baptism, we honour possibility and celebrate the sacredness of life. Let this water be for us a sign of our desire to join together in our love for God and for one another. Servings in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, we are joined into Christ's holy church. We share in the story of God's mighty acts of salvation and we receive new birth through water and the Spirit. Those who are baptised and would like to renew your baptismal vows are invited to join the baptism candidates in their responses. Do you desire to be baptised into the faith and family of Jesus Christ. Yes, that is my wish. Do you promise, by the grace of God, to be Christ's disciple, to follow in the way of our Saviour, to resist oppression and evil, to show love and justice, and to witness to the work and the word of Jesus Christ as best as you are able? I promise, with the help of God. Do you promise, according to the grace given you, to grow in the Christian faith and to be a faithful member of the Church of Jesus Christ, celebrating Christ's presence and furthering Christ's mission in all the world. I promise with the help of God. All present here, will you witness this new beginning for our newly baptised friends? Will you keep them in your prayers, help them, share with them your ministry, bear their burdens and forgive them? and encourage them. We, we will. will. God, bless this water, we pray, by the power of your Holy Spirit. May it remind us that we have been born again into new life, 
that we may remain faithful until we are united with you in the life to come. Amen. Amen. May I invite the candidates to kneel? I baptize you in the name of the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Mothering Spirit of us all. I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the triune God, Mothering Spirit of us all. Amen. Let us pray. Create a spirit, strengthen Carissa, Riven, Harvey and Lexi with, their gifts, with your gifts of grace to love and serve as servants of Christ, to share in his royal ministry, his priestly ministry and his prophetic ministry. I present to you Lexi, Harvey, Riven and Carissa, servants of the servant God. May they reflect the glory and image of God. Our hands are the hands of Christ to shape the kingdom of God. Our hearts are the heart of Christ that will dream the kingdom of God. Our mouths are the mouth of Christ that will speak of the kingdom of God. Our legs are the lid of Christ that carry the news of the kingdom of God. Amen. Thank you. Please uh, return to your seats. Please be seated. And now, before we go into our membership liturgy, I want to invite Kenneth, who was baptized last year and was joining as a member this year, um, to share his testimony. Jesus says, You are the salt of the earth. But what difference can a single grain of salt make? It can neither add flavour, preserve, clean, nor sanitise. We are like the grains of salt. We have the innate ability and potential to do great things, but we cannot do it alone. I first attended services at FCC about four years ago. I benefited from many of the sermons and I experienced personal growth in various aspects. But more recently, there has been a stirring in my heart. There's got to be more to Christian life than just being physically present at church services. The book of 1 John says that you may also have fellowship with us, and your fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. God's challenge to me is to give back as I have been given, and what better way to do that than to make the decision official to be part of the FCC community. Being in community is to recognize that we are all broken and we shouldn't be afraid of showing our brokenness. It is to be vulnerable and at the same time, accountable.
as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus this Easter, let's also celebrate His life, His works, and also His fellowship with humankind. May we, together, become instruments to carry out His will, the salt that makes a difference, and the community that supports and uplifts the outcasts and minorities. Amen. And so now, let's go into our membership liturgy. And we call it the Liturgy of Belonging. We have some new friends making a decision today to join with this body of Christ as a member. Can I invite them to stand wherever you are and will you please welcome them warmly? Some of these members, uh, who are, some of these people who are joining us as new members are also joining us online, virtually. In addition to introducing you and welcoming each one of you as a member of FCC, I would like to invite all members of FCC present to stand and join our hearts together to respond to these questions. If you are visiting with us and or not yet ready to be a member of FCC, Please allow us this time as we go through this together that you too will consider what it means to be a part of the body of Christ. Dear friends, is it your wish to make this community of faith, FCC, your church family and the people with whom you will share your journey of faith? Is this the place and are these the people with whom you will seek to make sense of the issues of your life, your dreams, your faith, who you are, what you are to do, who call, God calls you to be. Yes, yes that, that is, is my wish. wish. Is it your wish to make this place where you continue your journey into greater health and wholeness, where you listen to the story of God's salvation and the good news of Jesus Christ, allowing Jesus to be an example and teacher to you? We are called to a life of love, compassion, ministry, and justice, and where you are fed at the table of new life. Yes, yes that, that is, is my wish. wish. Will you commit yourself to seek and to serve Christ in unity with this community of faith? I will, with God's help. Will you pledge your spiritual, social, and financial support to this community of faith? I will, I will, with God's help. And to those of you who are existing members, will you, who are members of FCC, who are witnessing these promises, share the joys and sorrows, do all in your power to support these persons in their life in Christ? We, we will, will, with God's, God's help. Will you welcome these new members into our family, embrace their gifts, their needs, and their dreams? Will you recognize that their presence and participation will change the shape and the body and help it grow in new ways? Will you support them in their journeys and assist them in their ministries? We, we will, will, with God's, God's help. help. Let us pray together. Loving, Loving God, God, send your Holy Spirit, Spirit to be among us, knitting us one to another. Help us to grow with each other, to love each other, 
to support each other, that by sharing our lives in this community, we may come to know and serve you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And as Executive Pastor FCC, and speaking for the entire congregation, I welcome each of you as active members of FCC. May the Holy Spirit be with us all now and always. Amen. Amen. Welcome home. Welcome. Please be seated. And now for Holy Communion, I would like to invite uh, Lexi and Carissa, um, two of our newly baptized friends, to come preside over Communion. Come, Lexi and Carissa. The cross is two lines intersecting. The cross is where sorrow meets joy, pain meets healing, fear meets faith, death meets resurrection, hate meets love. Together, this, this table, table is, is at, at the, the intersection, intersection where two, two lines meet. This table is the declaration that love is stronger. Love is stronger than hate, stronger than death. This table where we break bread is the table of love that centers from where love flows. Together, this table is one of awareness, awakening, of forgiveness, of salvation, of love. The disciples did not recognize Christ when they talked theology, doctrine, interpretations. They only recognized Christ when they broke bread at the table. This table is the ritual table, but the real table is the table we sit and eat and drink every single day. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. All who come to me shall not hunger, and all who believe in me shall not thirst. With Christians around the world and throughout the centuries, we gather around these symbols of bread and wine. Simple elements that speak of nourishment and transformation. Let us pray. Loving God, Loving God we, we thank you that you are as close to us as breath, that your love is constant and unfailing. We thank you for all that sustains life, and especially for Jesus Christ, who teaches us how to live out an ethic of justice and peace, and for the promise of transformation made manifest in his life, death, and resurrection. We ask you to bless this bread and this cup. Through this meal, make us the body of Christ, that we may join with you in promoting the well-being of all creation. Amen. We remember on the night when Jesus and the disciples had their last meal together. Jesus took the bread, gave thanks, and gave it to the disciples, saying, This is my body, which is broken for you. Take, take and eat it, and as often as you do, remember me. In the symbol of the broken bread, we participate in the life of Christ and dedicate ourselves to being his disciples. In the same way, he took the cup and after giving thanks, he gave it to the disciples saying, Drink this, all of you. This cup is the new covenant, poured out for you and for many. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. In the symbol of the cup, we participate in the new life Christ brings. 
Maybe invite the stewards to come forward to distribute the elements. Here at FCC, we celebrate an open table. That means that you do not have to be baptised, you don't need to be a member of FCC, you do not need to show anything. All you need to recognise is God's grace is sufficient. The table is set, the feast is ready, all are invited. Let us partake of the elements together. Please rise if you are able and willing. Let us pray. Together. We give thanks, loving God, that you have refreshed us at your table. Strengthen our faith, increase our love for one another. As we have been fed by the seed that became grain and then became bread, may we go out into the world to plant seeds of justice, transformation and hope. Amen.
Good morning, everyone. Once again, welcome to Free Community Church, where free stands for first realize everyone's equal. Right? So we are welcome home, regardless of our differences, right? Whether Singaporean, not Singaporean, your earning power, your mental whether you're mentally well, mentally ill, your abilities, your diverse abilities, your social economic status your gender orientation, everything, anything that you can think of that divides us in this world, when we enter into the sacred space, we are affirmed as the children of God, right? In the image and likeness of the Divine One. So, let me welcome new members among, not members, not the formal member, but anyone who walks through the door today, that may look straight like a stranger to you. I'd like to invite Right, those online and on-site right, to just greet one another. Don't need to identify who you are as a new member. We don't do that here. You can just look around people around you. And if you have never met them before, maybe just wave at them and give a, a smile. Right? You can't smile through your mask, but you can smile through your eyes. Right? So everyone who is new here, you know who you are. We welcome you home. And this is a space, safe space for you. Right? Um, some announcement regarding uh, people who are new to the church, who are first time visiting us online or on-site, right? We'd like to stay in touch with you, to know you better, to serve you better. So uh, please visit us at, um, go to the link, fcc.la, very Singaporean, fcc.la slash welcome. Or you can scan the QR code to fill up the uh, newcomers form. One of the reasons is that we have a newcomers meeting at the end, or end of every month. And so on the 24th of April, on the 22nd, after the service, we will have a newcomers meeting where the pastors and members of the board all right, would actually be uh, meeting our newcomers to, as for a bonding session to address questions that you might have or things that you'd like to know more about um, our church. All right? So if you have, you, you have more questions even before filling out the form or joining our newcomers meeting, all right, you can email us at info at freecomchurch.com. Next, we move on to worshipping God with a heart of thanksgiving by offering up our gifts, uh, whether financially or make a commitment to, be, to serve the community. So, uh, if you are giving financially, there are two ways you can give. Uh, you can give to, uh, by pay, pay now, by scanning the QR code, either going to the general fund, which goes to the salary, the um, operations of the church, um, the hardware facilities uh, that you see around you, or supporting the ministries. Another um, bucket, right, they can give to is actually a church building fund, which goes down to paying down the mortgage of the church. So you can either scan the QR code, all right, or uh, if you're online, you can actually see the UN number. Uh, or you can give by credit card um, to freecomchurch.give.asia where the platform actually charges a platform fee of 1.5%. Right? So let us prepare ourselves for a time of thanksgiving. You know, joyous. Easter Sunday has always been a joyous occasion for me. And our church tends to be on the dorsal side. All right? We are a very calm, meditative church. However, I, I like us to reflect that in this time, right, at this moment, right, things you are uh, grateful for, giving thanks. They may be your loved ones, your children, your parents, your friends around you, right? Little joys that 
that makes life come alive for you. Let us pray. God, your life giver, we thank you for sustaining us. We thank you, Lord, for the resurrection, for bringing us into new reality, a reality where each of us are caught into the fold of the kingdom of God, becoming family with you and with one another. That we can live our life of love, of compassion, living our life doing mercy, works of mercy and works of justice, without fear, for you have triumphed over death. So we thank you, Lord, for living a life of hope, a life of peace, a life of new reality, where we are in the world of shalom, made whole and filled with peace. Help us, Lord, as we live our lives, right, to recognize the blessings you have bestowed upon us and turn them into blessings we share with one another. With this gifts and offering, we lift them up before you, O Lord. Take them and help us to continue breaking through in this world this new reality that comes through your resurrection. In Jesus' name and all of God's people say, Amen. Thank you very much. Uh, now, before we go in, uh, to the next segment, uh, we invite the stewards to come forward. For those who are giving physically, you can actually raise your hand and the stewards will come to you uh, to receive your offering. Alright, next up we have just uh, short announcements. Right, it says that it's been two years. How many of you are actually excited and happy that, you know, like, COVID, COVID I mean, I'm raising hand to still receiving offering, but if, if you're excited like I am, alright, spending time with loved ones, friends, or just being in the presence of strangers eating around you, right, feeling like connected in this world, right, give me a shout of Amen. <laughs> Right, so we are planning out something together because, like, we have been connecting, connecting through online, virtually, artificially, for such a long time. We want to get together, all right, to make eating together, giving thanks together, a reality, all right. So on the twenty fourth of April at twelve thirty in FCC, we'll have a makan session, right? For those who are, are joining us overseas online, makan is a Malay word for eating or having feasts together. Alright, so it, it, uh, you can sign up and we'll be, however, due to safe management measures, alright, we will not be like sharing food with one another across the, the plate. We'll have bento sets, alright. So it's five uh, per pack plus any donation that comes from your goodwill, alright. So don't hesitate, limited seats as you can see around you today, alright. So scan the QR code and register to join the church, the lunch, uh, of just to visit during the lunchtime at fcc.la slash lunch. I'm really celebrating. Yeah. So, thank you very much. Um, for, the next, for the next part, for the next part, before we move into the benediction and a close for the service for the day, I'd like to invite all of us to once again to rise 
if you are able and willing, all right, to glorify our Lord and celebrate His resurrection. Singing holy 
The stone has been rolled away. The tomb is empty. Love is stronger than death. So what are we supposed to do? Alleluia! Christ is risen! Like Jimmy said, we are a bit... Christ is risen! What you're called to do then is go forth to declare resurrection, love, justice, peace through all of yourself, transformed by the power of God, transformed by the power of the cross. Go always knowing you are resurrected people and you follow the resurrected one. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our Easter Sunday service and look forward to seeing you next Sunday.